the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On AM 1420, The Answer, it's Wednesday, the 13th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thanks again to Eric Erickson for coming on and explaining why he is no longer never Trump, and he is volunteering his services to try to get President Trump and Vice President Trump, or Pence, rather, um, re-elected to their positions. All right, so the president obviously has a situation on his hands. The president is uh, going to have a deal that's going to be voted on either today or tomorrow, probably today in the uh, or tonight in the House and tomorrow in the Senate. And by Friday, he's going to have to sign the deal to keep the government open and to fund uh, a border wall. Yay, right? 14 miles of it anyway. Uh, yeah, or, excuse me, 55 miles of it. Let me make sure I'm not stating that incorrectly. 55 miles of it. Uh, but in exchange for that, um, the president's going to have to sacrifice bed space for detentions of illegal aliens slash asylum seekers uh, at the border. We're going to lose around 11,500 beds, which means that's 11,500 more people who are going to be turned into the population never to be heard from again. Here's a review. Texas Republican Congressman Louis Gohmert told Fox News Democrats are admitting barriers are necessary, and he's urging the president to accept the agreement. And then come back and declare an emergency and start using the billions of dollars that would be available. As for moving money, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says... He doesn't have the authority to do it without House uh, permission. The deal would fund the government through September and includes nearly $1.4 billion for 55 miles of fencing, far less than the president wanted. No question about it, it's far less than the president wanted. But he can supplement that, right, with the declaration of an emergency and the appropriation of funds from the Pentagon, from the Defense Department, to build more, right? Well, that might not be the best idea, according to, to my next guest, Daniel Horowitz. Back with us again on AM 1420, The Answer, Senior Editor at Conservative Review. You can see him on CRTV, and you should buy his book, Stolen Sovereignty. Daniel, good to have you back. You're fresh off vacation, so I'm assuming you are fired up and ready to go. Well, you know what? I'm ready to go back on vacation already. <laughs> 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 well played. Very well played. All right, uh, Daniel, I was just looking at your tweet from this morning. Obviously, I asked you yesterday if you would come on today to talk about your full article talking about the uh, the new border deal and uh, what a bad deal it is, building 3% of the wall and making ICE pay for it by way of those uh, making their jobs harder with respect to uh, detentions and so forth. But uh, you wrote this morning on Twitter um, that it's a bad idea for the president to follow up on this deal by declaring an emergency for a very unique reason I had not really considered, and I'd like you to explain that. Sure. No, so it's not so much the problem with the declaring emergency. Um, I do think he needs to take the executive route. He's not going to get anything from Congress. They bungled the shutdown last time, so that's become very clear. Although I do think he needs to take a more holistic approach, as I note in the piece, making it about the cartels, designating designating them as terrorists, having a military buildup, nationalizing National Guard, a bunch of different things that I think not just are good policy, but are good politics because it demonstrates to the American people that this truly is an invasion. It is a national security problem. So then when he does go and reprogram DOD funding for fencing, it, it, it makes it, A, it makes it more statutorily sound, but B, it also, I think, politically 
um, looks like he is just not not like a thief in the middle of the night. Hey, I couldn't get what I want from Congress, so I'm doing it executively. It actually makes sense to people. Um, that's all fine. My, my problem is that the point of the executive action concurrent with negotiations is to leverage Congress. Like, hey, well, you know, you don't give me what I want. Frankly, I actually have ways of doing it anyway without you. That's a way of bringing them to the table. If Democrats feel they're going to lose something that they otherwise have in the bag. Um, but once you, but that's only if it's a live play. If it's a dead ball, there's nothing to do. One point that even a lot of my colleagues are missing with this thing is that the one positive thing we've benefited, and I think you see it in Trump's approval numbers, uh, you see it in the Gallup uh, presidential approval tracking poll today, that for my entire career, this issue has not been brought to the forefront. The severity of the cartels, the severity of illegal immigration, all of its cascading effects, which are worse now than ever for a number of reasons, because the sheer numbers coming over in groups, shutting down Border Patrol, turning them into a bed and breakfast, the criminality that's coming in. This is the first time in my lifetime that we've actually had a sustained national dialogue. And I know that sounds a little bit lame. Well, okay, show me the money, show me the action. I, I, I hear you. I'm with you. But at least we got that first step. And, and the longer you kick this around and continue maybe another three-week CR, a four-week CR, the longer this becomes an issue, and you could hope that as this gets worse and then Trump eases into executive action, that will leverage the Democrats and force them for a better deal. But if Trump signs this, which is a bad deal in and of itself, mm -hmm. but what that would mean a lot of people don't recognize is that he would also have to sign a long-term omnibus for the remainder of the fiscal year, basically making this a dead issue until September. That's the problem. So it, it, it preemptively precludes any leverage that he could force on the Democrats. So, so just to come full circle there, Bob, to close the point, that's why I don't think even if you could say, well, 55 miles, even before we get to ICE and the detention bed, I don't think it's enough that it's worth giving away that leverage of a perpetual CR fight. Okay, so um, the problem, as I'm understanding this, Daniel, is um, is that the president, if he signs this, it's it's a dead issue until September, uh, at the end of the fiscal year, as you point out, and we lose the opportunity to point out the ongoing threat by the next caravan, the next caravan, and the next caravan, and more and more and more crossings. We can't address this thing. Well, well, you know, this is all we've got, this because we made the deal, and we can't do anything else until funding comes up, exactly. comes up again in September. But if I heard you right, and I think I did, they bungled and botched the last shutdown. They scored no points whatsoever. They drew no one to their side so badly. He can't afford to have another one, right? If he doesn't sign this and we shut down again on Friday, what? How, what why should we think they're going to do any better this time around? No, no, because he could he could sign another short-term CR. Um, but but, but there isn't on one the on the table, right? Is there one on the table that I'm oh, not aware yeah, of? But no, I mean, I mean, there, there <clears> would be. The last time he didn't, he wasn't willing to do that. I mean, because the, the whole point was. No, I want. I, I I deserve the money now. Um, okay. Here he wouldn't get it, but you wouldn't permanently. In other words, it's better to kick it another three weeks and keep it alive. I mean, Democrats would be hard pressed if he's willing to sign that. Then they would be the ones shutting down the government. Um, so I think he would have that opportunity. And again, one of the points I make in this argue, uh, article is that Trump needs to revisit DACA. 
he keeps blessing it and promising to make it permanent, he should go the opposite way and say, hey, I'm going to terminate it immediately. And by having a live CR deadline, that would really pressure them to come to the table. Part of why this whole Jared Kushner thing of, of trading amnesty for some sort of wall is stupid is because Democrats already have de facto long-term amnesty for them because they know he's not getting rid of it, and they're just waiting him out for a, a more expansive amnesty. But if Trump would promise and threaten to take away what they feel they already have in the bag, that's a different ballgame. Where where is DACA right now, Daniel? Um, because it was it expired, obviously, and uh, you know the the Democrats threw a fit because the president allowed it no, to it expire. Didn't expire. Uh, it did not no, expire. It I thought Trump, it expired. It, Go ahead. It's Trump's amnesty. Trump is continuing it. He has continued it for his entire presidency. Okay, but but yet when he was promising three years of protections, uh, what, what what what? How would that be different than what we have right now? I thought it reached its expiration, which is when they threw their fit and they demanded that he extend it. Well, I mean, I, I, you're right. It really doesn't make much of a difference. Technically, it's just that it's more at his grace, at his discretion, so he, he could theoretically get rid of it. And here he'd promise a permanent extension for three uh, years. But what I'm telling you is the reason the Democrats don't take that seriously is because they, they already know he doesn't want to get rid of it. None of the people around him want to get rid of it. So they know they have that in the bag. And that's why I'm mm-hmm. saying he needs to revisit that. And, and, and remember, it, it's not just the crazy court that need to be disregarded. Even if you would follow their craziness, the, the judge in California, as crazy as he was, didn't say that, you know, DACA's in the law. He just said that you violated what's called the Administrative Procedure Act and didn't give the proper notice. So if Trump would issue an APA um, reg regulation tomorrow, it would take 90 days, um, but then the clock would start ticking and he'd be like, this is gone. But I got, I've got news for you. He likes it and he doesn't want to get rid of it. And Jared Kushner and the people around him don't want to get rid of it. The Democrats know that, and that's why he has no leverage. Okay, so so what can he go? And by the way, Daniel, we're talking to Daniel Horowitz, of course, senior editor, conservative review. The, the the disgusting part about this is that there needs to be negotiation. That there needs to be give them something to get something. When the get something is constitutionally required by their oaths of office, for goodness sakes, to protect and preserve the safety and security of the American people, and that would include our borders and our sovereignty. The idea that we have to give them a carrot in order for them to do what they're supposed to do and and secure the border is ridiculous. But if if DACA is not on that table, and you're right, based on everything you just described, it wouldn't be because they know the president has no intentions of getting rid of it. What can they throw to the left other than what they did with the beds in this in this uh, deal that uh, uh, is apparently being written as we speak? No, throw nothing to them. What, what I'm saying is he should just say, I will sign another three-week CR. Negotiations need to continue. This is not a good long-term bill, so let's sign another short-term bill. And then while he's doing that, that's when he needs to start turning the screws, not the carrot, the stick, um, on the Democrats, and then start easing into it. Okay, what, 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 what is the stick then? What is the stick? What can he use if we, so, you know, so, what, what can he use in the next three weeks that he didn't use in this three weeks since they signed the last short term? Well, he hasn't he, he hasn't done anything executively. I mean, exactly. Um, you know, and I don't know what he can under uh, under Title uh, Ten U.S. Code Two Eighty Four. So obviously he can use funding to build fencing and roads for, to combat drug, drug trafficking, which is obviously the whole enchilada of the border problem. Um, and by the way, the drug crisis has already been declared as a national health crisis, so it's, it's very easy to do that. Um, he hasn't done that yet. Another thing that he needs to do, again, 
in order to understand this issue, you have to understand illegal immigration doesn't come in a vacuum. It's all controlled by the cartels. And he needs to make this a DOD issue, not a DHS issue, a defense issue. He needs to start threatening the cartels. And part of that is overriding the decision of the governors of New Mexico and California to pull back the National Guard. He needs to double down and, and juice that up and, and, and really have a military buildup. If you look at what's going on in Texas, Texas is actually doing the right thing. They're, they have a strong show of force at their border now. Guess what? A lot of the migrants are not coming to Texas now. They're being driven westward to the cesspool of New Mexico, where the governor uh, is such a radical she invited them in. Now, for, for your listeners to get this clear, in case you're, you're unaware of this, the National Guard, there's two ways to deploy them. There's something called Title 32, which is how he deployed them last April, which is in concert with the governor. So basically the governor still controls it, um, and they work with him. So now the governor's yanked back their support. But he could call them up under Title 10, which was envisioned since our, our founding, as I noted in the article, that the president really directs the militia, which is the, the state National Guard, and he could basically veto the decision of the New Mexico governor. And, and just have a strong buildup at the border. Um, we've, never, we've never deterred the cartels. We've never threatened them. It's time you do that. And what I'm telling you is once you do that and you designate the cartels as terrorists, because that also uh, opens up a lot of other DOD assets. All right, 1027, continue, AM 1420, The Answer. Really good conversations with uh, Eric Erickson this morning, as well as with Daniel Horowitz. And uh, uh, if you'd like to respond to either one of those chats, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Beyond that, we have a lot of other news stories to get into today. We have not talked for a couple of days about the um, insanity going on in Virginia. And uh, the uh, Virginia Democrats apparently are just a-okay with having a uh, either a blackface-wearing or hood-wearing, Klan hood-wearing governor. And they are certainly a-okay with his belief that you can kill babies outside the womb if you so wish. That means you can deliver babies and actually uh, either let them die by, by de- uh, depriving them of medical care or actually terminate their lives. It's something that the governor explained very clinically. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. There's not a single person in the world that supports that. Except for the fact that it has been going on. And now the reason I bring that up again, first of all, it's still got to be a huge part of this 2020 election cycle that we are just at the very beginning of. The president has made it so. The uh, uh, Democrats are running from this issue as much as they can, but still they continue to expand their extremist points of view. Any abortion on demand, any time, for any reason. That's what they have in New York now. That's what they're trying to put through in Virginia and in Rhode Island and in Massachusetts and in Illinois and in other states. And I found it interesting, uh, this article from this month, um, abortionists have been claiming, or excuse me, yes, abortionists have been claiming that this is only valid, these uh, late-term abortions, when the children are not, quote-unquote, viable in their minds. But now abortionists are telling a different story. Late-term New York abortion, or excuse me, New Mexico 
abortionist Susan Robinson among those admitting in uh, recent reports that not all women are seeking late-term abortions for reasons of maternal health or fetal indication, acknowledging that, yes, we do terminate pregnancies in the third trimester of healthy babies for no reason other than the mother just not wanting to have it. Quote, Women whose fetuses have terrible abnormalities are a lot easier for people to understand. The husband and wife want to spare their baby whatever suffering the baby might have. Then there's the group of women who didn't know they were pregnant. They were told they are not pregnant for one reason or another, and they are just as desperate. I already have three children. My husband lost his job. I can barely put food on the table. If I add a new body to this fa- or baby to this family, we'll all go under. Meaning, the baby is healthy. My life is not in jeopardy. And it's just going to be really financially inconvenient for us. So execute my baby, viable as he or she may be, in the third trimester. They are admitting and acknowledging this is done. And now the left is going to have to find a new answer. They're going to have to find a new uh, response to the obvious criticisms of this infanticide. They cannot claim that no baby, or no, you heard it at the end of the clip. What doctor would ever do that? Well, doctors are admitting that they do that in other states. It is now just becoming normalized by Democrats in New York, Virginia, and elsewhere. I want to pick that up, and I've got a lot more for you in the last half hour. Stay with us. 216-901-0945 is the number on AM1420, The Answer. Com. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, we continue now at 1035. I probably jumped the gun a little bit on moving off of the uh, immigration and the wall issue and the deal that is being negotiated and written in Congress even as we speak. Uh, Although I will take your calls on the abortion issue if you want. More and more facts are coming out about the commonality of this even before the legalization of it in New York by Governor Cuomo. So if you do want to get on that, I'll take your calls at 216-901-0945 as I started uh, last segment or ended last segment, rather. But uh, I probably should have stayed on the uh, the uh, immigration story for at least this part. Bob Menendez, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez, went on CNN on Monday night. Didn't find this out until last night, uh, so I want to share it with you this morning. Bob Menendez went on CNN, Democratic Senator, and blamed ICE enforcement policies for detaining more legal aliens than Congress allocated funding for, these beds that we've been talking about, right? The reason that ICE is already 8,000 beds over their budgeted amount, according to Menendez, is because of the president's zero-tolerance policy. Well, if the president has a zero-tolerance policy, and we're not going to be catching and releasing these people back into the ether anymore, the way Obama, uh, they did under uh, President Obama, then only one of two choices, one of two things can happen. We either have to increase the funding so there are more beds, more space, more opportunity, or more uh, places to hold these people before the hearings, or we need to, according to uh, Bob Menendez, change the president's policy. Stop the zero-tolerance policy. Stop demonizing and criminalizing criminal behavior. Now, if you think I'm being uh, being uh, hyperbolic here, no. He literally said we need to stop criminalizing 
criminal behavior. We need to stop recognizing behavior that we already know is criminal and applying it to illegal aliens. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I'm going to let I'm going to let the uh, senator speak for himself. This is Bob Menendez, Senator Robert Menendez, on CNN on Monday night. You're not going to believe your ears. The deputy director of ICE uh, says a cap on beds, in his words, would be quote extremely damaging to the public safety of this country. How do you respond? The reason that they are already eight thousand over their budgeted amount, so they're violating the budget, is because of the president's uh, zero tolerance policy that has turned everyone, regardless uh, of their uh, record, uh, into a criminal. For example, if you cross the border undocumented, he has now made you a criminal. I'm going to stop right there and let that sink in. If you cross the border illegally. He has made you into a criminal. Now do you see why the left is so um, concerned with and so obsessive about semantics? If he crosses into the country without permission, i.e. illegally, the president is turning him into a criminal. That's why... Menendez won't say illegally. He said undocumented. The border undocumented. He has now made you a criminal. If he is undocumented, you liberal hack, he is here illegally. For we require documentation to be legal. If you are absent documentation, you are illegal. This is not a hard concept. I could get any third grader in America to understand this. They are here illegally. By the very definition of, definition of illegal, one has broken the law. One has committed a crime. It is illegal to do something. That means it is a crime to do something. Follow me through these vocabulary words, Senator Menendez, you hack. If one is undocumented, one is illegal. If one is doing something that is illegal, one is committing a crime. And now the final step. If one has committed a crime, one is declared to be a criminal. Word of criminal is crime. Are you following me? But that's not where Menendez stopped. Menendez, first of all, doesn't want you to think that illegal aliens are illegal and thus criminal. But he's got more for you. He has now made you a criminal. Uh, He is creating that problem by turning people away who legitimately seek asylum. If a person has a driving while under the influence violation, he is now making that, saying that that's a criminal. Uh, What? 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 Did a U.S. senator just say that it's the president's fault? That somebody who is busted drinking and driving is now a criminal? Did he really just say that? If a person has a driving while under the influence violation, he is now making that, saying that that's a criminal. Are you saying, Senator Menendez, you hack that American citizens are allowed to drive while drinking and under the influence of alcohol or drugs? 
Are you saying that it's not criminal for American citizens, but he's only criminalizing it for illegal aliens? Is that really what you're saying? If a person has a driving while under the influence violation, he is now making that, saying that that's a criminal. Because the last time I checked, it is illegal for anybody to drink and drive, to drive under the influence of alcohol and or drugs or other impairing substances. Yet Bob Menendez says that it's President Trump who is criminalizing that just to um, uh, to uh, pick on illegal aliens. This is this is an amazing statement. There was more. He went on to say in that interview on CNN that quote that the ICE used to only detain and deport violent criminals. That illegal aliens who weren't committing violent crimes were welcome. And ICE just let them carry on. Quote, because he tears children away from their mothers, (laughs) these people, and puts them all in detention facilities, he has an over-demand as a result of his policy. So it's his policy that's driving this. Former President Barack Obama also criminalized illegal immigration. (gasps) Gasp. And separated families at the U.S.-Mexico border. Gasp although at a lower rate than the Trump administration. But the Obama administration prosecuted nearly 500,000 illegal immigrants between 2010 and 2016, according to the Department of, Department of Homeland Security data. Maybe Obama was just being racist, criminalizing something that wasn't criminal. Menendez concluded, that's different than what we're talking about. And what's driving the demand for beds? It's his demand to take everybody. Look, I had a grandfather from New Jersey who's been here over 20 years, works hard, never had a criminal record. They wanted to deport him, deport him. They wanted to detain him. That's not the essence of brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers who otherwise have been law-abiding in every other respect. He wants to incarcerate them as well as uh, as well as he seeks to deport them. Far different than criminal aliens. All right. End quote. Uh, two points. Number one: Stop lying. Stop lying. ICE has never targeted, targeted non-criminal aliens, even under the Trump administration. Quite frankly, much to the disappointment of hardcore protectors of American sovereignty, like me. I'll be honest with you, Grandpa from New Jersey who's been here for 20 years, you've been a criminal for 20 years. Sorry, no sympathy. If you get caught, that's on you. You made the choice to live illegally in a country where you are not given permission to be, and you know that every day could be the day that you get caught. But ICE isn't going after these people. If they do discover them in the course of other routine business, they have no choice but just to to, uh, refer them to federal authorities. They absolutely have to. That's number one. And number two, the idea that the president is out there trying to incarcerate all of these people, and that's why the beds, uh, the number of beds has, 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 has been compromised, is simply absurd. We're not filling beds with people that are already in the United States, here living illegally for 20 years. Those beds are being at, are at the border. Those detention facilities are being used for people who are illegally crossing at the moment. Those beds and those facilities are being used for asylum seekers who are making these bogus claims, but because we are a fair and and just and decent society, 
We listen to these bogus claims of these caravan crossers from uh, from Nicaragua, from uh, uh, El Salvador, from Guatemala. We listen to all of them. We know they're bull. We know that they're not here fleeing persecution for religious beliefs or political beliefs or et cetera, et cetera. We know that they just want to come to the United States because it's a better place than the hellhole they came from. But still, they claim asylum or asking for asylum, and we have to give them a hearing. Why should we turn them loose into the United States and then try to track them down three years later for their hearing? We'll never find them again. So we detain them at the border in these facilities until we can have their hearings. That is what uh, uh, sovereign countries do. Sovereign countries do not allow their, their borders to be completely disappeared because people like Bob Menendez do not want to understand or acknowledge what the simple dictionary definition of the word crime, the word criminal, the word legal, and the word illegal mean. Democrats say that capping the bed space or the number of beds will force ICE to prioritize detainment of the most dangerous criminals as if they're not already doing that. They're already going after the most dangerous. Why do you think President Trump talks constantly about MS-13? Why do you think he talks about drug cartels, drug mules, coyotes, human smugglers? He is talking about the most dangerous, including, by the way, those who kill people while drinking and driving. The president has been very clear about all of the above. That is the priority as far as ICE. That is the priority as far as, far as our, uh, our policy of, of capturing and stopping illegal, illegal immigrants in this country, the drug runners, and so on and so forth. But they're not going to turn their backs if they find out that somebody else is here illegally as well. ICE officials say the Democrat propose, proposal will result in violent illegal aliens escaping into the United States, and the, uh, the, the, there is no opposition to that. That is absolutely guaranteed. It is obvious. If they put a cap on the number of beds rather than expanding the number and expanding the detention facilities and turning these people into the United States, uh, turning them loose into the United States, you know what you're going to have for the next four, six, eight, ten years? The same thing you've had for the last eight years plus. The same exact thing that you have had. More catch and release, more criminals coming into the United States, and a message sent to the international community, hey, they're back on. America is in play again. The United States is open for business again. All you got to do is go to the border, claim you're there for asylum. They will give you a number and tell you, we'll see you in three months, six months, eight months, two years, and then you're free. Go do your business. If you want to send a message to the rest of the international community, particularly those in those hellhole countries that the president once referred to as blank hole countries and got in trouble for, I don't care. I will double down on them. They are that. They're hellholes. That's why people are willing to grab their kids or kids who aren't even theirs and drag them through the desert for, you know, a, a thousand miles or more and then into the United States for even more hundreds of miles trying to find a place to go, that's why they want to come. There's a reason why they want to come. The United States cannot be everybody's babysitter. They cannot be uh, everybody. These, these hellhole countries, honestly, uh, need to work on repairing themselves rather than exporting all of their citizens because they can't feed them, clothe them, and provide for them, export them to the United States. Because you know what? We have a breaking point, too. We can't, we can't accept an unlimited number as well. 
We need to make sure that the international community and these hellhole countries don't get the idea that America's open for business again. All you got to do is go to the border, get caught, and they're going to turn you loose inside the country. All right, uh, we'll get to some phone calls right after this. 216-901-0945, the Bob France Authority. The Answer. Ten fifty three, final segment of the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer for this Wednesday. Do not go anywhere because, of course, Mike Gallagher is coming up. If you missed uh, one of the interviews that we had today, I thought they were very good. Uh, as always, make sure you check out our podcast at whkradio.com, whkradio.com. I think you can also access the uh, podcasts of the show from the app as well. It's a free mobile app. Fourteen twenty. The answer. Just search for that. Um, and uh, you can always catch up uh, because Eric Erickson was on earlier. Eric is the uh, uh, founder and the owner of the Resurgent.com website. He is also a, a never-Trumper, or at least he was for the last two and a half years. He is now in Camp Trump and is offering his services, saying that he will indeed volunteer to help President Trump and Vice President Pence to be reelected. So it was a really good conversation with him as to why. And then we also had uh, Daniel Horowitz on the program talking about why the president should not sign this deal, which is going to fund the government through September. It's a bad deal. Only uh, 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 55 miles of wall that are going to be built as a result of it. And we lose around 11,000 beds in the fight over bed space for detaining illegal immigrants and asylum seekers. So he says the president should veto that or not sign that bill and should instead insist on a th- another three-week resolution. Let's continue doing three-week resolutions, he said, because it keeps the border issue on the front burner. It keeps the caravans. It keeps the dangers of America being known as being open for business again on the front burner so that they continue to negotiate that and score uh, the support of the American people. All right, let me go back to the phones and uh, wrap it up this morning with a couple of good calls, I am hopeful of anyway. Donnie in Euclid is on. Donnie, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Bob, let me tell you, this is what I, this is what I always say whenever, whenever uh, somebody from the left makes the unfortunate mistake of trying to debate with me about these things. I heard what, you, what, uh, what, what the, the recordings of Bob Menendez, and as far as I'm concerned, there are three types of, Democrats, they're the ones like him, who 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 stand up there when there's a a Fox News reporter who wants to try to have an interview, and he won't do it. He'll just turn his back and walk away from him. Then you have the ones that talk a good game, like Amy Klobuchar, who was on a on a program on on a, other than a liberal station, and then you have the ones who who will probably appear one time but they never will again like that like that hack who had two bit cheap knockoff of a Stan Laurel hairdo on Tucker Carlson's program. Yeah, AOC's uh, a campaign strategist. Yeah, I mean I can you believe that somebody actually goes out in public looking like that? He should have a derby on. Well, I don't care. I don't care how he looks, but but the point that you're talking about is more important that these people are never heard from again, and that's why that's exactly why they will go on CNN I, because the, you know who was the CNN intervie- interviewer of Menendez when Menendez said this? How could any reasonable 
uh, responsible, respectable journalist not follow up and say, whoa, 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 what did you just say? If a person has a driving while under the influence violation, he is now making that, saying that that's a criminal. How does a reporter or interviewer or anchor not say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? That is criminal. It's criminal for everybody, legal immigrant or illegal immigrant, resident, visitor, vacationer, tourist, doesn't matter. It's illegal for everybody. Why are you blaming the president for somebody who is an illegal alien committing the crime of DUI being uh, being detained? What are you trying to say? How can you not ask that? That's why they won't go on Fox News, because they know, and that's why most of them won't come on this program either. George in Cleveland is next. Hi, George. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Having a hard time hearing George. Not sure why. Oh, you know what? I got a glitch here on the phones. Hold on. Let me see if I can fix it real quick. George, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry hey, about uh, that. I got you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, isn't uh, a pregnancy an immigration issue in that the most women willingly allow the borders of their lives to be open? Uh, okay, where are you going with that? It's migration. It's the sperm into the egg. That's an interesting way to phrase it. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. I'm not sure where that was going, but I did not want to go any farther with it. I will say this, by the way, if you do want to really, truly conflate the two issues, the abortion issue, the pregnancy issue with the immigration issue, what I said on yesterday's program uh, should should, uh, ring alarm bells for everybody. We are talking about an extraordinary number. Some 42 million people in Latin America have declared they would like to immigrate to the United States. Whether they do it by caravan or by other means, they want to come. And all they've got to do is get here long enough to have a child. Oftentimes they are pregnant when they arrive. And then they have the child on American soil. As you know, our birthright citizenship laws uh, and uh, rights uh, declare the child to be an American citizen. And then the crying starts. You can't send my child, who is an American citizen, back to another country just because I'm here illegally. And you can't separate me from my child because who else is going to take care of him? You have to let us both stay. So if you're really looking for a way to conflate those two things, that would be the way to do it. By the way, I don't want to go out, uh, get out of here this morning before giving a little bit of praise. We criticized, rightfully so, Mitch McConnell uh, in a previous uh, part of the show. But I want to give Mitch McConnell credit for at least one thing. Mitch McConnell is going to make the Democrats uh, put uh, put their, uh, their votes where their mouths are. I've noted with great interest the Green New Deal. And we're going to be voting on that in the Senate. We'll give everybody an opportunity to go on record and uh, see how they feel about the Green uh, New Deal. That's a savage move by Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. Savage move. Make them go on the record and vote for that insanity and see how far that carries them. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.